sermon podcast of Paley Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by the Reverend Douglas Cornelius. Our scripture this morning will be familiar. It's uh, our text that we used on Christmas Eve, as a matter of fact, and we'll get into a little bit in the sermon uh, why we're thinking about it again. But this is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. Hear the word of the Lord. In that region there were shepherds, living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, Amen. Well, a few years ago, my wife, Taylor, and I took a little trip to a lakeside cabin, a little romantic getaway. This was before children, when we had time to do that sort of thing, you know. But we took a little romantic getaway to a lakeside cabin, and I mean, it was right on the lake. The water was just 10 or 15 yards off the front porch. Well, I booked the cabin online, and when we arrived, we, we saw the one bedroom. We knew there was only one bedroom from the online description, but that bedroom actually, which we didn't know or hadn't read closely enough, that bedroom had two twin-sized beds. <laughs> yeah, no big deal, but it did mean that we were sleeping in separate beds because we've met and you know a guy my size you don't share a twin size bed with a guy my size it doesn't work out well for anybody okay so separate beds it was now 
I noticed that one of the beds was situated right next to a window that was facing the lake. And what this meant is that that cool August summer evening breeze would come in right off the lake and just drift across the person lying in that bed all night. And you were right next to the window so you could literally hear the sound of the waves because there were actual waves. This was Lake Ontario, right? So there were actual waves lapping up against the shore and you could hear them and you would just hear that all night. And I instantly thought, oh, I want that bad. (laughs) But being a gentleman, I offered the prize sleeping spot to Taylor. Why don't you take the bed by the window that overlooks the lake, I suggested. She said, oh wow, great, thank you. And we slept that night. We woke up in the morning and we're having breakfast and I of course asked, so how did you sleep? Already knowing of course the answer that she had the greatest night of sleep of her whole life. Her answer? Not great. I said, why? She said, well, that cool breeze off the lake, it, it got me a little chilly, actually, during the night. And to be honest, those constant waves kept me up all night. Well, I looked at her incredulously. I said, you do know that people buy sound machines to make that noise while they sleep all night long in their bedrooms. Like the sound of waves is basically considered the most relaxing sound on the planet. You know, when I take a nap, which is not as often as I would like it to be, but when I take a nap, I turn my phone onto a YouTube video that's just three hours of waves crashing over and over again. The sound just puts me to sleep immediately. I couldn't believe it kept her up. And she said, well, you know, I was starting to have nightmares. Like big giant waves were gonna break on me. And, and then one was like this big tsunami and I kept dreaming I was drowning. It was, it was really terrible. Well, I felt bad. So like a gentleman, which I've already established I am, like a gentleman, I said, you know, if it would help, I guess that I could take that bed tonight. She said, oh, would you? That would be great. And so on night two, we both got the greatest sleep of our lives. (laughs) And those waves that gently rocked into shore all night long, oh, they had me sleeping like a baby. Well, on Tuesday of this past week, just one day after Christmas, my daughter Annabelle, who's four years old, said, so, uh, Daddy, When are we gonna take the Christmas decorations down? I thought, geez, that was fast. I said, don't you like them? She said, yes, but you know, Christmas is over now and you need to take them down because it's going to be Valentine's Day. (laughs) Okay. If you need uh, consulting on interior decorating and design, I do have a reference for you. She's a bit young, but she makes up for it with assertiveness, which is good. 
One day past Christmas, and hey, it's over. Pack it up. We're done here. And you know, honestly, after a busy Christmas season, not just in your homes and in your lives, but in the life of this church and in our ministry, we may be tempted to jump on board with my daughter. It's done. A big exhale, let's move on. But our church calendar actually has other ideas. The Christian church, the world over, is now in a liturgical season, which we call Christmastide. The period, generally speaking, from Christmas Eve to Epiphany, which is next Sunday. Epiphany is when we remember and celebrate the wise men's visit to Jesus, right? And so that period is generally called Christmastide. And we, as the Church of Jesus Christ, we do try and sit with this story for a bit. We try and stay with the miracle for a few weeks because it is, after all, at least worth that much of our attention each year, our worship attention. God has broken into our world as a child. The Messiah has come, our rescue, our hope has arrived. Let's spend a week or two here with this miraculous thing that God has done for us. And that tide suffix in Christmas tide, well, it comes actually from an old English word, which is, sounds like tide, but it's spelled T-I-D, and it's got the, the two little dots above the I. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not a grammar guy, so I'm not sure what that is. But it, it's, got, uh, it's got the two dots above the I. The word is tide, and in old English, uh, it, it means a period or portion of time, right? And it's where we get words like Christmas tide and Easter tide in our churches. It's where we get words like winter tide and evening tide and all the like, which you may have read from time to time. But it's also where we get our word for the rise and the fall of the waves each day, up the beach and back down all having to do with the moon and its gravitational pull, but what they knew even back then is that the tides were a way to mark time, to mark time within the day, the passage of time from day to day, they were the tides. And that word is fitting as we celebrate this time surrounding Christmas, Christmas tide. The tide, because I often think that the Christmas story moves like a tide, like a tide of a body of water. It begins slowly in creation, just whispering, gently rolling wave after wave, present even though not named in so many Old Testament stories. Jesus is the story behind the story, the, the deeper news of what God was up to all along. And the waves pick up with the prophets. The tides get stronger, reaching up the beach, crashing harder on the rocks. Jeremiah starts speaking of a new covenant. 
Isaiah's famous prophecies now used by churches the world over during Advent. A little child shall lead them, he says. And the waves break harder. And the tide picks up its pace and strength in the centuries leading up to Jesus as the Jewish people begin to anticipate a Messiah. Would he come? Would he ever arrive? Rome has captured us. Where is our Messiah? And then, as if in a dream, an angel visits Mary. And it's like the waves explode upon the shore. And the angel visits Joseph, and it's another wave. And they travel to Bethlehem, the city of David, the city where a Messiah is expected. And there it is, another wave, monstrous beyond belief. And then, and then... A child is born. And this is the wave that turns the tide. The biggest break, the strongest force, the deepest pull. And the angel visits the shepherds and it's another wave. And the heavens open up and now all the angels are singing glory to God and it's another wave. And the shepherds go and visit another wave. The wise men visit Jerusalem. It's another wave. They find the baby. It's another wave. And this story, this story is like a tide breaking upon our world. Wave after wave, break after break, some of them gentle, some of them violent. One so magnificent, it changes the shape of the land underneath it. This is Christmas tide. But you know, here's the thing about a tide, and it's the thought I'm going to leave you with this morning. A tide doesn't really end. Those waves from oceans, from great lakes, they just keep on coming. And I think this story does too. It just keeps on coming. It has to. Because Christmas is over and you can take down your decorations and you can get the tree out to the curb or put it back in the box, whichever way you do it. And you can try and find space in your house for all the gifts you got and the new stuff. You can kiss family goodbye and wish them safe travels. And then you can try and lose the 10 pounds that we all put on over the holidays. You can do all of that because it's true, the Christmas holiday is over. My daughter was right. The holiday is over, but the Christmas Story? The Christmas story is never over. We don't tell it once and then move on any more than a tide moves up a beach and recedes never to move back up again. We don't stop telling the story sharing the good news of the angels, living into the blessed gift of God 
that was given because the love of God out of which this child was born, that love of God is an ocean. It's an ocean. And with an ocean, the waves just keep on coming. And every time we share this story, every time we proclaim the Savior's birth, every time we receive the gift of God that we really needed, every time that we become the gift of God that our neighbor needs, every time we share this good news, every time we shine this light, every time we live this story with all our hearts, every single time, every single time. It's another breaking wave. Another breaking wave of Christmas tide. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, as we sit with this great gift you have given to us, as we dwell here in the blessing that is far more than we deserve, far more than our world could have hoped for, far more than we could have come up with or accomplished on our own. We sit here in praise and in awe of you, a God so good that out of love for us you came down to give light to darkness, to bring healing where there is pain, to bring reconciliation where there is discord and peace where there is violence, to bring joy into a world so bent on the opposite. Lord, we pray that your blessing, your gift, your healing, your grace, and your love, that it would continue to wash over this world like waves on a beach that never end, for we are in desperate need of you. We pray for those who are in grief. We pray for those who are sick, who are poor and do not have the resources to live. We pray for those who are struggling in relationship. Pray for those who are mourning the loss of a relationship or of a job or some circumstance in life that has their world turned around. We pray for those who are trapped in addiction for those who are incarcerated, for those who are often pushed to the outskirts and the margins of our world. We pray for them. We pray that your Christmas miracle would come 
again and again and come to them first. Lord, we pray for our world, for the strife and turmoil that often exists within it, where countries and peoples are at war and discord with one another. We pray for your miraculous intervening for your peace. Lord, we know you can accomplish what we cannot, for you have done it in your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, born miraculously thousands of years ago. And yet still washing us with grace and love even today. We give you thanks and we pray in his name and pray the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.